guys. Welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Barry Struckoff, registered dietitian. And I'm Sophie Burchin, registered nutritionist. And we are the authors of the Forking Wellness book and obviously the Forking Wellness podcast. Each week we sit down and we discuss all things health and wellness from debunking diet myths to nutrition information, lifestyle factors, etc. Stick with us while we try and work out what the Fork Wellness really is. I don't even know what we do. This week's episode is sponsored by Remedy, who creates tasty, refreshing, and natural soft drinks, mainly kombucha, that are healthier alternatives to sugar-laden or artificially sweetened fizzy drinks. In 2012, their founders, Sarah and Emmett, started brewing kombucha for their family. They loved how this traditionally fermented drink tasted and how it made them feel. They looked around and saw so many products on the supermarket shelves claiming to be healthy, but really they weren't. Rather than getting frustrated, the pair saw it as a huge opportunity to make it right. Remedy Kombucha is a healthy and tasty fizzy drink made by naturally fermenting sweet tea with a live culture. Remedy contains no sugar for real. Although sugar is an essential ingredient for fermentation, at Remedy, their 30-day-long age small batch brew process brews it all out, leaving no sugar naturally. Each 250 ml can contain just seven calories, but 250 live cultures. Remedy is unpasteurized, live, raw, and jam-packed with live cultures, tea, polyphenols, and organic acids, which can support and promote good gut health. Live cultures increase the diversity of the gut flora, aka those microorganisms or gut bugs that live in your gut. And they come in so many delicious flavors. My favorite is lemon and ginger. I love that one. They do a delicious apple one as well. You can check out all their flavors on their website, which we will link in the show notes. And I highly recommend trying them out. If you haven't tried kombucha before, it is delicious. Head to remedydrinks.com and use code forkingwellness20 for 20% off your next order. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Forking Wellness Podcast. It's just the two of us today. We're actually going to talk a bit about some old news, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it, a bit about the Facebook whistleblower on Instagram and body image, etc. Anyways, before we get into it, we wanted to make um, a bit of an announcement. I know, I'm so excited because finally we bring you our first Forking Wellness event. I think like it's so overdue, but so, like so much of why we started Forking Wellness mm. was kind of to cultivate this community and bring people together. And then COVID happened and we just never got the opportunity. Literally, we had so much lined up. I'm still gutted that we never got to do an official book launch party, but whatever. Let's get our first event in the diary. Um, it's going to be a brunch club. Yes, it is going to be in London on 12th of December, 12th of December, <laughs> 10 in the morning in London. We're going to do a brunch um, and kind of like a forking wellness Q&A and et cetera, some fun things on the day and some really nice goodie bags and just like an opportunity to meet people in the community and just, you know, connect like-minded individuals and just an opportunity to just meet new people post-pandemic who like mm-hmm. share similar interests. Yeah. And please come along on your own. Do not feel like you need to bring a friend. We are going to have the best time as a group. We're all going to interact together. We're all going to be friends there. So please just come along, buy a ticket on your own. You do not have to bring a buddy. Yeah. I think, 
I hope this doesn't come out wrong, but we've been to enough events before yeah. to know what not to do. Mm-hmm. And my worst feeling is going to an event alone. Like it's so okay. segregated. It's so clicky. Like people don't talk. And I'm always like, oh crap, I should have brought a friend. Mm-hmm. Like I just want this to be a really like inclusive um, experience for people to chat and meet each other and enjoy really good food and really delicious coffee. Yeah. Yes, me too. All if you guys coffee. yeah if you guys have been listening to our episodes you know that we like love volcano coffee and they are providing all the coffee for the day of the brunch um mm-hmm. and we're really excited it is fantastic yeah it's gonna be delicious coffee delicious food great company it's gonna be fun yeah so we'll put the link in the show notes and you can go and buy tickets there Fab. well that's exciting that's our first announcement um but not that we have a second one. We're just going to dive into the episode. <laughs> I was like, what else do you have up your sleeve? <laughs> I didn't know where that was going to go. <laughs> okay, so this week's episode, like Barry said, we're going to discuss um, a few articles slash news, I guess if you want to call it news, about Facebook, Instagram, body image discussions. Yeah, so it came out last month. So what are we in? November. So yeah, it was in October. Um, There was a Facebook whistleblower. I'm sure you guys heard of it. There was a lot of other implications um, that they, whatever, I'm not going to go into it. Her name was Frances. And she basically came out and said that Facebook um, and Mark Zuckerberg had like knowledge on research that they conducted that they knew that their platforms were harmful specifically to like young girls and body image and stuff like that. And they haven't actually done anything about it. Mm. Um, So I thought it'd just be an interesting conversation for us to have around, you know, body image and Instagram and, you know, the news that's coming out and how would you feel as a Mm. 14 year old, you know, or even younger like I feel like kids have Instagram so young I know I genuinely I've always said this I'm so so grateful that I didn't or we didn't grow up with Instagram I honestly don't think I got on Instagram till I was like I don't even know like 22 or something Mm -hmm. I don't know if I was late to the game or if that's actually just when it became a thing but um I know for a fact that I would have been negatively affected by it back in the day because you you're brain isn't developed enough to actually be like oh this isn't real this is not serving me let me just not engage with it yeah 100 percent. I mean I've, I've had Instagram for a while I think I like got it my freshman year of college I was 18 but like we didn't like use it the way that we do now yeah maybe same yeah I really like, can't I, remember I literally used it to like edit my pictures and then it I was like a photo album you yeah. share with your friends yeah it was yeah. not like anything like it is now no but I do remember like during like my sorority years it kind of like did become I guess what it is now and I do remember like having negative thoughts around body image from Instagram from a really young age during like sorority recruitment and even like spring break and stuff like I was still like 22 or whatever and Mm -hmm. like I still remember feeling like super self-conscious that like you know people are going to be taking pictures these were going to go up on Instagram and I kind of like didn't like I just remember I don't I remember being affected by it but I don't remember it having like a massive impact if that makes Mm -hmm. sense yeah I when I was reading the articles my first thought was like well 
obviously like there are positives of being on social media and then of course there are negatives and if you are being negatively affected just remove yourself don't look at it but mm-hmm. like I said when you're like a young teenager the co- when like the cool thing to do is be on Instagram and all your friends are using it it's the same with like MSN back yeah. in the day if anyone remembers MSN that was literally a bullying platform like mm-hmm. I even knew girls in my year who would create anonymous accounts just to bully people and these people were supposedly friends um and now I feel like Instagram is well you probably couldn't call it well some people might get bullied on it but it's literally depending on who you follow that's like content that you're absorbing that's negatively affecting you it kind of is like a form of bullying to your mind yeah yeah I totally understand that I totally agree with it um I think there's like a few things one I think there's this thing that happens that like favors white thin women Mm -hmm. um and like lack of body inclusivity and diversity and you know stuff on the platform and you know I think there was stuff in this whistleblower case that came out and actually said the algorithm like prefers these kind of like toxic images I'm using toxic like people of like like you know those kind of images that might cause people to have like terrible um I don't I feel like I'm not very gonna word these things right anyways um so that was one of the things that the Instagram actually like will push down content that is supposed to be a bit helpful and more inclusive. Um, and it actually favors some of that like harmful messaging, um, which I think is like so fucked up. So I think there's like one thing of like, well, what's the solution? Like what could I was Facebook gonna say, do? How can you possibly regulate it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, obviously I don't know how algorithms work. I'm not a computer engineer, but like, how can you fix that to like get rid of it or you know change the algorithm to be more inclusive I mean there's things like um you know where the image is like blurred and there'll be a message over it like this is a sensitive image like tap to reveal or whatever the wording is Mm -hmm. but again I don't think that's actually on you know your typical image of maybe a slim model that might be triggering to one person but obviously doesn't affect another um is I honestly don't know what the solution would be no me neither and then I guess if you look at platforms like TikTok where their algorithm is like completely different I wonder because mm. there's obviously the study the information that we have is just focused around Instagram I do wonder if that is also seen on other platforms but you know what I think is important that I don't think there is enough of is awareness around this situation. I know like some people talk about it, but there should be more campaigns around body image and vulnerable girls and boys mm-hmm. in regards to being on social media. Because you can't stop anyone. For, you can't select what accounts your 14-year-old is following. Like, like I said, it's so difficult to regulate. But by just discussing this and making teenagers aware that actually it could be negatively affecting you psychologically maybe make that decision to not be on it or be very very selective over who you are following and what content does come up on your feed because I think this is how the algorithm still works on Instagram it's like if you're a foodie account and you like a load of cakes on your explore page you're probably going to see a load of cakes cakes. if you're looking at 
homeware or interior design, you're probably going to see more of that on your explore page. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to think that. Um, but I think what what has come out is that it'll still push certain topics mm. on you that maybe you didn't always ask for. Yeah. Um, and also, I've been watching One Tree Hill. Because it's like an easy watch and when I'm just like stressed and it's nice to just watch an easy watch where I know what happens and I don't have to like focus on. Anyway, Agreed. on my explore page of Instagram, I get just like all the characters coming up. And you've not like engaged with them like no, I'm not at all. Oh, I it's hate just like that. my cookies or something is I don't even know how it works, but I watch it on my laptop and then on my Instagram app on my phone. I literally get like, you know, like Sophia Bush fan accounts and like One Tree Hill moments. And yeah, I don't actually like I know how it works, like the cookies and things mm-hmm. like that. Like I get it. but Like I don't actually get it. Like it's but so messed up. It's like my phone is listening to what I'm watching. So does that translate? Because literally yeah. like mum and I were talking about like I think we mentioned Vista Village and then an ad for Vista Village came up on my Instagram. Like I need to know I need to know they are listening and I need to know how it works and how we can stop it it's literally it's scary isn't it so gross um I hate that I'm sorry that's happening <laughs> it happens to me all the time as well um <laughs> did you see actually it's a bit unrelated that YouTube put out that they're taking away the dislike button mm, or they're hiding no. it so they're not taking it away that you makes me still, happy you can still dislike it um, but only the content creator can see it. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not like. I love that. On a similar note, my brother said to me the other day, why do you now hide your like count? Oh, someone asked me this as well. Oh, should we share our answers? <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it, it, it's not the point. I, I said to him, I was like, I'm fed up of post I was like I don't feel like it should be a popularity contest for your post like I put out content because it's me and it's real and it's what I want to share and I was like and I was finding myself only hiding the likes on the photos that I felt like didn't get enough likes so I was kind of like oh that's a bit embarrassing so I'll hide that like count but then I was like that is so stupid that I'm only leaving the number up for the ones that I feel like are good enough for my page so I just hide them all now so So do I some get 10 times more likes than the other whatever I decided to post that I'm not going to be embarrassed about how many people engage with the post it's my page I decided to put it out there if you like it great if you don't cool yeah I feel the same way I um I just don't think it's about the likes it's about what we're posting and what we're saying and I think if we can take that element out of it then people can actually engage with it for the content not because like yeah there is there is this kind of like social proof element. Like if a post has a million likes, then you want to go see that post. You want to engage with it because other people have engaged with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what social proof is. That's how it works. Um, But also like, I don't want that to dictate who engages. Like I want you to engage with my post because you want to, not because you see it has X amount of comments. I I feel like comments are a nice way for people to engage with the post and if you want to go through the comments and see what people are saying about the post then great I like that's I would prefer that as a form of how people are engaging with the post and just how many likes people uh, are getting 
Yeah, I completely agree. To take it back to the Facebook whistleblower thing, I saw like on Twitter, there was like arguments for both sides. And one of the one of the arguments on the other side, and you know, me always playing devil's advocate, um, was that like, how is this really different from, you know, TV and like mainstream media and Mm -hmm. stuff. So like the, the, um, maybe the dissatisfaction with bodies that can lead to negative thoughts and, you know, anxiety, depression, et cetera. How is that different from, you know, just watching One Tree Hill, for example? Yeah. Um, like, what do you think about that? I, the thing, do you know, when I was reading the article, there was a mention of like, and actually we were discussing this the other day because we were listening to Britney Spears, who was one of my all-time favorite artists. And do you remember when she had a bit of a mental breakdown and like shaved her head and mm-hmm. all the new, and back in the day, like the form of like content was magazines and tabloids and whatever you want to call them. And she was like all over the newspapers, magazines and everything. And it was like, ha ha, Britney's had a breakdown, look. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if, well, I like to think if that happened to someone now, it would be more about, oh my gosh, like her mental health is, you know, suffering or you know kind of poor Britney not ha ha oh my god look Britney's gone crazy kind of thing so the I would I liken the way that content's pushed out now to it was kind of like that's it was in the form of like magazines and yeah it was was all about gossip magazines wasn't it you wanted again it was like oh look at like the hottest bodies on the beach today and look at like the biggest bodies on the beach those were the worst terrible and it was like oh it was like oh if a celebrity's had a baby like oh she's still carrying some baby weight and oh this mum's managed to slim down and oh this look at this mum from or this celebrity from last year compared to this year and it was 95% of the content in a magazine would all be about body body yeah but like the the saddest part about it is that's what's sold like that that's like um oh yeah that was that's what people that's like what you bought the magazine for it was like yeah that's like the like most fucked up part of it today yeah um so I feel like it's just a different form of gossip in a sense and that is how we get our news these days is on Instagram really isn't it it's like if you follow e-news they post about 10 times a day about the latest celebrity gossip mm-hmm. and I yeah. it's just evolved that it's more accessible I guess but, sorry to go back to my point was that if you were to pick up a magazine I don't know when it was 15 years ago I, w- I was triggered by that I was looking yeah. at models on the runway I blood I watched the intro I've mentioned this before the intro to the program the hills literally was like glamorizing skinny models on the runway and it's yeah. like that was desirable look at this glamorous Hollywood life and look at those skinny models who were deemed beautiful I think these messages have been embedded for ages it's just have I completely gone off track no no no. it's just like it's the same thing that's been involved like it's been around for years and it's just showing up in a different place yeah because in the absence of magazines and tabloids Mm -hmm. it's just finding another like way avenue for it to come out because it was going to come out anyways and it's landed on social media and Instagram because that's what our form of like news and media today yeah and And tomorrow it might be something else yeah and I think the content's always going to be there but like I said before it's about actually campaigning to raise awareness for this situation 
because yeah. it is always going to be there people are going to gossip something is going to trigger someone that doesn't necessarily trigger someone else like we've spoken about before how we both watched America's Next Top Model you yeah. watched it casually I was actually really affected by the behaviors and the whole you know the whole thing but we, you can't it's so difficult to regulate something that affects everyone in such a different way because some people are actually really positively influenced by social media platforms yeah it is like who you follow what you follow yeah some people are really inspired and some people don't have that capacity to actually be negatively affected by someone else's life or what someone else is doing some people actually look at another person's account and say they really inspire me they're really great like don't want their life I love my own life yeah and then another but, people, yeah. person might look at that exact same account and be like oh my god like I want to be them like my life isn't as good as theirs like what can I do and they obsess about it yeah so true so true um do you think Facebook had a responsibility to come out with this information sooner like they did the study they found the information mm. they were looking for obviously of they course weren't, weren't going to release it. anything negative about themselves right so that's the whole thing is like but they what never they could have done it. is said look we have done this study and found this what we're going to do is try and regulate things a bit more or just say look there is a risk when using our platform so maybe we want to put it back on you the user and say pick carefully what content you are seeing on your feed or you're following mm-hmm. I think that would have been a responsible thing to do I agree I th- respect that I think they needed to and even I think like which is weird and a bit I'm going to say it it's a bit meta which I know is ironic because that's what they changed their name to but I think that Facebook or they should have actually run an influencer campaign um, like taking this research Mm -hmm. and then like run an Instagram campaign, elevate their content creators on the platform and be like, Hey, this is what Facebook found. And we're here, like the face of Facebook, like Mm -hmm. use really, really high, like high follower people and do a bit of education and let it trickle down that way. Um, I think like it was a massive missed opportunity for them that they didn't do that. Yeah. Um, because I think it was just a great way for them to talk about their stats, but put a positive spin on it and actually educate people. Mm-hmm. Completely so, agree with you. Massive missed opportunity for them. Um, but what was the other thing I was going to say? Um, but then Oh, this might be controversial. I might not say it. I think I'm going to say it. Do you find that in the age of Instagram's a place for a negative body image that a lot of people, and I think it's great, and we spoke about this kind of before, like are coming out and speaking up against it, raising awareness and talking about body image and stuff. But sometimes I just feel like it's so forced. Like people feel like they need to join that conversation mm. in order to perform well on Instagram. But like that, it just is converse. It doesn't feel like they actually are doing it for the right reasons. Do you ever feel like that? Cause I definitely do. Yeah. And I think I've said that before in a different scenario in terms of like body positivity. Yeah. Um, which again, I'm all for, but, so- but sometimes, and again, I've said this about postpartum bodies, I don't feel the need to have the conversation and I know some people do and I think it's good that some people are having the conversation but maybe I don't know how to word this correctly 
for me it's, it's so kind hard. of like pick your arguments I don't I don't want to fill my time with having these debates over you know let's just say postpartum bodies for instance I don't want to spend my time thinking about it or talking about it do you know what I mean yeah. it was kind of the same with COVID and I know you felt the same everyone was talking about it on social media because that's what was happening to the world and I'm just like I don't want to talk about it yes we're in isolation and you know people were putting out great content of how we could deal with it and xyz but I was just like I don't want to fill my brain with that no I'm I'm completely the same and I feel like that is kind of like deemed like the to a lot of people it's like okay we were do it in the health space at least we were posting all of this and now the only way to stay relevant is if you're posting like mm. this and it's like well I don't want to post that because it's not the as much as I agree with it I'm so thankful for everyone posting it um and you know creating that conversation it's not the point of my posts oh this sounds like bad no it doesn't and you know people can come for us if they don't agree with it like Barry and I have always made a very like a point of being very honest on this podcast so sorry if you don't agree with what we're saying we're just trying to be really honest and real but you you can't be a part of every conversation you can't be an activist in every single you know some people might be listening to this thinking I don't know that we we need to be talking about I don't know, animal cruelty more. Like there's so many different topics and there's so much going on in the world that need attention. Not one person can possibly be a part of every single one of those conversations. Yeah. And I think it's when someone tries to enter every conversation that it comes off super like ingenuine. Is it mm-hmm. ingenuine or disingenuous? Dis- disingenuine, yeah. Disingenuine, yes. Um, some of those I never get it right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's when you try to do the body positivity the animal activists the Mm -hmm. you know the climate change the sustainability the you know yeah all of it it's like I don't know you can respect it without being super involved like I I literally used to do like I think again I've mentioned this on the podcast I used to do like marches in London to campaign against animal cruelty I love that about and that's just like something I felt passionate about doing but I didn't I wasn't like going on at my brother's to be like you should be doing this march with kitty and i like this yeah. is an important topic they respected the fact that we did it but it, it wasn't necessarily how they wanted to prioritize their time do you know what i mean yeah or it's like um i donate a lot to charities mm-hmm. but i don't like i don't know you don't, you always don't campaign ha- about it i don't campaign about it i don't tell yeah. people about it it's mm-hmm. kind of like you do what's good for you yeah and it, not everything needs an Instagram post. <laughs> yeah. And it's like my my brothers were treated in Great Ormond Street Hospital when they were very little. So kind of my mum, if we ever do give to charity, has always kind of encouraged us that like Great Ormond, like my brother did this huge donation actually to Great Ormond Street Hospital a few years ago. And we, we've always just kind of prioritised that as our charity. But we don't for one second expect everyone to choose that charity. Yeah, great yeah. if you do. And we support that. But again, some people might place their donations somewhere where they feel is more needed. Not that you can compare and say that one charity is more important than the other. But this is, there's so much going on in the world. Like I said, you can't possibly be a part of everything. Yeah, 
Exactly. I feel like this episode has taken so many oh, tangents, so many so, rounds. I just feel like we came here to get shit off. Thing. We just came here to get shit off our chest. Like, what the fuck are we going to call this episode? <laughs> I don't even know. Um, but I hope it provided some sort of entertainment. Um, I feel like this is just so um, representative of our brains at the moment. Yeah, like, both like of us. as per usual, this was the most unscripted episode. <laughs> another week another episode um but thanks for tuning in and just listening to us rant um i do find the whole facebook thing like super interesting um and and i I don't think there will ever be a way of satisfying everyone no but i do i do hope to see some improvements in the future like from the platform i think content creators have done a massive like 180 and are going Mm -hmm. in the right direction um, but I think the platforms need to follow or the platforms need to set the tone. And I don't think they're doing that at the moment. Yeah. And I urge anyone who's listening that if you are finding Instagram a negative place to be, just don't, don't either don't be on it or really rethink who you're following and what content is coming up on your feed. Yeah, I agree. And also make sure you head to the show notes and get tickets to come to our brunch. For more conversations like this yeah um for more roundtable conversations like this but amazing thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll be back next week bye thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the forking wellness podcast as always please rate review and subscribe And share with your friends if you love this episode. It really does help us get seen in the chart. You can now also order our Forking Wellness book anywhere books are sold. Order it on Amazon Prime for next day delivery. And Barnes & Noble in America. And if you love the book, we would so appreciate a review on Amazon. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and we really hope you enjoy it. We'll speak to you guys next week. Bye.